Hey, everybody, and welcome to WP Review, a show that looks at WordPress news, offers opinions, and brings you new and helpful tools to build better WordPress websites. My name's Joe Casabona, and I am the host of this podcast. I've been using WordPress for, oh, 16, 17 years at this point. I've kind of lost track. 2004. Uh, And I'm really excited to continue to bring this show to you fortnightly. This podcast this week is brought to you by a couple of my own projects. The first is Creator Courses. Creator Courses is where I create courses to show you and other people how to use and make websites without code. And I'm currently working on a big update to my Gutenberg course that's going to include full site editing, which we'll talk about in a little bit. So if you're interested, go ahead and check out the courses over at creatorcourses.com. Pick one up. Anyone that you buy gets you lifetime access to all updates forever and ever and ever. I also want to let you know about a new course I have out on the LinkedIn Learning Library. It's all about WPCLI. I'm really, really excited about that. Uh, I learned a lot in recording the course, and I know you will too. Learn how to manage WordPress from the command line, how to automate tasks, and do things faster than clicking around in the dashboard. You can check out that course. Uh, You can become a LinkedIn Learning member, or you can buy it a la carte over at wpreview.io slash CLI. Okay, now let's get on to the review. So the top stories from this week, as I kind of cherry picked them, uh, I'll just actually I'll say right up top that right after the last episode came out two weeks ago, there I was made of in a oh, I was made aware of a discussion happening on the Make Community blog about whether or not we should uh, we should allow WordPress derivatives, so themes or plugins, companies that make themes or plugins, who run negative ads against WordPress. That discussion is now closed, and I had some very strong opinions about it in my newsletter, and I commented, I left a comment asking for clarification that I don't really feel like I got um, over on the... Uh, the actual discussion, but I I think it's I think it's worth looking at. Uh, maybe once we have a thrilling conclusion, definitely once we have a thrilling conclusion, I will cover it here. But uh, I think it's a dangerous path uh, path to go down, uh, banning or disallowing companies to advertise at WordCamps or sponsor WordCamps because we don't like their ads. After all, anything built on top of WordPress can't be a competitor, in my opinion. If if step one is install WordPress, you're not competing with WordPress. You're contributing to the ecosystem. But that's all I'll say about it here. If you're interested, you can sign up for my newsletter uh, over at buildsomething.email. Uh, and I will add that to the onboarding sequence for people who sign up there. So uh, let's get to the actual top stories from the past week or so. Gravity Forms 2.5 is out with an overhauled UI and a focus on accessibility. 
I had the opportunity to test this out this week. Uh, and I've got to say, the UI is much, much better. Uh, it is easier to use. It's clearer. It's more intuitive. And it looks a lot like the block editor, meaning that we have a more unified UI throughout all of WordPress. You don't have to learn a new UI just to build forms in WordPress versus using the block editor with Gravity Forms now. You can look at how Gravity Forms work and understand how to build the forms very quickly and easily. So uh, I like this. I'm, I'm wondering um, I'm wondering if the UI will continue to, to evolve as the block editor changes. Um, a, uh, a quote here from uh, James Giroux, I'm going to say. Sorry if I'm saying that incorrectly, James. Uh, he's the community experience manager at Rocket Genius. Uh, Giroux says, the native uh, WordPress editor experience is changing a lot and things are continuing to evolve there. One of the things we've worked really hard on with the latest release is to be as consistent as we can with our UI without being completely identical to the editor. And I think that's a good thing, right? It's it's very close, intuitively close, but it's not going to change with every little change in the block editor. That's that's a ton of work. And the block editor changes quickly. Take that <laughs> take it from somebody who has a course on how to use the block editor. Uh, my course right now is woefully out of date. Uh, so I did have a chance to uh, play around with it. Uh, it's very block editor-esque. It's super clean, and uh, I'm I'm excited to dive in. Now, I should say that uh, I have a, a lifetime deal with Ninja Forms, and I have considered just switching all of my forms to Ninja Forms. That said, all of my forms, most of my forms are currently on Gravity Forms, so I have a month to decide if I want to keep Gravity Forms and not do the migration or to switch to Ninja Forms. I'll probably do a video on that over on my YouTube channel. But that is Gravity Forms 2.5. If you are a Gravity Forms user, head over to gravityforms.com, download 2.5, and give it the old install. If you're running uh, WordPress 5.7, uh, you can just upload the new zip and... WordPress will handle the rest for you. Next up, Jetpack 9.7 makes more features available without connecting to WordPress.com. I should mention that all of the these stories are coming from WP Tavern. I will list them in the show notes over at WPReview.io. But, you know, I looked around and uh, I, I looked at other news sources, of course, but these are the ones that jumped out at me the most. I love that 9.7 is making more features available without connecting to WordPress.com. Frankly, I have always felt that the Jetpack plugin uh, will say significantly bent the .org rules by forcing people to use a .com account. I feel, <laughs> I'm not a, a .org rules expert, so I can't say definitively, but I feel that Jetpack gets away with more because they are an automatic product. And there are many contributors from automatic on the open source project. 
I feel that way. But that's not about that. That's about how uh, Jetpack has uh, eased the rules a little bit and and their rules, their self-imposed rules. Uh, And they have a transparency page as well, right? Why the WordPress.com connection is important for Jetpack is how they've worded it. And they talk about the benefits of connecting your WordPress.com account to Jetpack. However, there is a very long list of features, most features, in fact. I I say most features. It's probably, uh, it's almost even money there. So, uh, but there are lots of features that you can use without connecting to .com. Carousel, comment likes, a contact form, custom CSS, extra sidebar widgets, except the Instagram widget they say, which I guess requires the a dot-com account, uh, infinite scroll, latex support. Uh, there's lazy images here. Lazy images is unnecessary now because native WordPress supports lazy loading images. But lots of other stuff. Markdown support, if you write directly within the WordPress editor. Uh, short links, stats. This is great. I'm really glad to see that stats don't require a dot-com connection anymore. But then there are uh, there there is more information or more available to you if you connect to .com activity log backups Google Analytics I don't know I mean I guess I should make a video on how to add Google Analytics to WordPress but you don't really need Jetpack for that um, Jetpack ads so if you I guess if you're if you want to generate income with your WordPress site uh, JSON API monitor post by email publicize this is, I, I don't, I mean, I, social, sh- I like publicize, but I don't think social sharing should require a .com connection. Uh, scan, search, single sign-on, subscriptions. These are things that, yeah, that makes sense, right? Uh, you need .com, or at least you need the processing power of .com servers, right? Jetpack can't guarantee necessarily that uh, they'll be able to do heavy-duty lifting if you have the, you know, $1 a month hosting or whatever. Video hosting, very cool. Uh, so, I'll again, I'll link these in the show notes, but I'm very happy to see that uh, Jetpack has removed the need, the requirement to connect to .com to use the plugin at all. And I should say, uh, I think the, the transparency page is fantastic, and I am hard on Jetpack. But I also know several people on the Jetpack team, and they're great people who are totally open to feedback, and they move fast, and I do appreciate their work. I don't want to make it seem like these decisions should be easy, or I don't understand why they're doing any of this. Obviously, Jetpack is part of a larger plan for automatic, and it's no one, it's no single person's responsibility to manage Jetpack. So I am, I know people on the team. I appreciate the work they're doing. I am happy to see Jetpack constantly evolve. I think that's important to say because I think it's easy to dump on something or someone uh, without highlighting the good. So I think that's really important. All right, the third story, the last story I'll cover here. Uh, Gutenberg 10.5 embeds PDFs, adds verse, block, color options, and introduces new patterns. I'm highlighting this here because 10.5 is out. 
this is the second to last version of the Gutenberg plugin before the 5.8 feature freeze. And that happens on May 25th. So Gutenberg 10.7, I think the release candidate is going to be the thing that gets merged into core. And so uh, we're creeping closer and closer to what the what the block editor will be like, what full site editing will be like in 5.8. So it's cool that we can embed PDFs. I, I don't know how often I'll do that, but it's... Uh, I mean, actually, that looks... If you look at the screenshot in the in the story, it looks pretty cool. Um, however, there is a caveat here. Many mobile phones and tablets won't show the embedded PDF. Um... The file block makes that note. Uh, I'm sure that there's a comment that's like, who is this made for? Um, making stuff is hard. PDFs are a pain in the neck. The fact that we have this at all is, is pretty cool. So maybe you can do something like uh, if you don't view, if you can't see the PDF, there's a download button, right? And I, it looks like that's already the case. So I don't know. Who wants to have this PDF viewer on their phone anyway? Like it's tiny. Uh, whatever um color options for the verse block that's fine and then new block patterns so there's 15 new block patterns there are also query block patterns which uh post grid large title and offset posts looks pretty cool i think that these are going to be super powerful and necessary for full site editing um because we're going to be able to we're going to need to be able to lay out the posts in a certain way without code so Check out Gutenberg 10.5. Uh, again, we're, we're marching closer to uh, what it's going to be like in 5.8. Okay. So the, the main segment for today, getting back into the actual format after going super long last time, but the main segment for today, what to think about for a full site editing theme. Now, full disclosure... Uh, this is a proposal I had for Word Sesh, which I'll talk about later. Um, that uh, you know, it's there's a lot of there was a lot of full site editing stuff, uh, so this proposal did not get accepted. But I fleshed out a lot of ideas, and I wanted to talk about them. I'll probably submit this to other Word Camps, but here are some of the ideas that I had kind of germinating. Um, how theme developers should approach full site editing. Uh, there's a lot of concern around full site editing and what that means for themes and theme creators. Uh, are themes even worth building anymore? Should all themes just be a blank slate? Will we only have a handful of themes now? I think the answer to all of those questions are, is, no. Uh, in fact, good themes will be even more important now. Given the amount of flexibility the, the block editor and full site editing offers users, Having well-designed themes with all of the right guideposts is imperative. So if you're a theme developer and want to be one, I think there are a few things that you should focus on. Uh, make sure, number one, make sure your theme uh, is super lightweight. It should be fast and performant even on 3G. There are a lot of ways you can do that, but again, in, in before full site editing, there were other things you were probably focusing on, like getting the design pixel perfect, like adding in the right amount of templates to be flexible, supporting other plugins. 
I think now you can turn your focus to having a super lightweight, fast loading theme. Spend time on fonts and typography. I am terrible at choosing the right fonts and spacing them correctly. People are generally terrible at this, but uh, typography is like 80% of the design. If you have bad font choices, bad font combinations, if your line heights are bad, the site is not readable. It looks terrible. So the more that you can offer help here, the better. Pick good fonts, pick typography, spend the right spend a lot of time on typography. Uh, and you don't necessarily need a million options is number three. Uh, make decisions, not options. That's the WordPress, the .org creed, right? That's the open source project creed. Uh, decisions, not options. Yes, there are a lot of themes out there like Astra and Cadence, both of which I use, both of which gives you every option under the sun. But sometimes I just want to install a theme and know it's going to look good and know it's been well tested. Uh, And so good themes that support full site editing should make decisions and not options. And this is the great thing about maybe what we're doing here. Maybe instead of options, you have five themes that offer the different options you were going to offer in one theme, right? Maybe you can roll a set of themes, a series of themes. So that's another thing to think about, right? If, if you're not focusing on all of the page templates and all of the things that full site editing takes off of your plate, you could probably produce themes a little bit faster if you have the right framework. Uh, finally, uh, well, not finally, number four is pick a good color palette. Allow some customization here, right? Uh, because not everybody, you know, I have some brand colors I like to use, but pick a good starting point for a color palette. Again, colors is, is people don't know what complementary colors are. They try to combine colors incorrectly. They don't, uh, they don't necessarily know to use the resources that designers have available to them to see what are good color schemes. So pick a good color palette, allow some customization here, maybe allow them to choose a primary and secondary color if they have brand colors, things like that. And finally, support dark mode. Again, if you don't have as much on your plate thanks to full site editing, you can spend time in the nitty gritty details area. And the fact that in CSS, we can now check the media query is called preferred color scheme. The fact that we could see if a user has dark mode enabled and then change the CSS based on that. I think your, your theme should offer that. Uh, I remember building that before in the before time, before dark mode came to iOS and before there was a media query for it. Uh, we had to use JavaScript to switch out the, the, the style sheet. So you click on a button that says dark mode. JavaScript kicks in, says, oh, instead of, use, instead of using light.css, use dark.css. You don't need to do that anymore. With, with dark mode, heck, you can have custom CSS properties, right? The native CSS variables. And just change them with the media query. Not just. Nothing's as easy as just. But, uh, or at least for developers, for users, you should make it as close as possible. But support dark mode now that we have the bandwidth to do that. I'll probably build my own WordPress theme out in the open. Um, maybe I'll make it a course. 
maybe it'll be a course for LinkedIn. I'm now I'm just brainstorming on the air. Uh, but those are a few things to think about. Make sure it's super lightweight. It should be fast and performant and accessible, of course. Um, spend time. I didn't mean for that to be like a, a uh, an afterthought, but uh, a lot of accessibility comes with the actual content of the website and not necessarily uh, the theme. But you should have uh, ex- accessibility built in. And Full Site Editor does have accessibility built in. So make sure your theme is super lightweight. Spend time on fonts and typography. Uh, You don't necessarily need a million options. Make decisions for the user. And if you have a bunch of different options you want to try, you can create your own little theme framework and, and build out a different theme for each of those options instead. Pick a good color palette with some customization and support dark mode. So those are, uh, those are a few things that theme developers should think about as they approach full site editing. All right, and I like to wrap up here with uh, a theme plugin or event of the week, of the two weeks of the fortnight, I guess. And I want to tell you about my friend Brian Richards' event, WordSesh, wordsesh.com. It's totally free. Uh, it's got... Uh, two events essentially from May 25th to June 1st. It's got the sessions from May 25th to May 27th. And then it's got a couple of, a few workshops from May 28th to June 1st. So uh, again, it's totally free. Go to wordsesh.com and sign up. It's got a great lineup of speakers. A few of the, uh, the sessions that I'm excited for Alberto Medina's talk on better page experiences. He works, he's a developer advocate at Google I got to interview him for uh, my client's podcast, Next Level Ops. But uh, so Alberto is a wealth of knowledge and his talk is going to be very good. Uh, Danielle, next up is uh, Danielle Zarcaro's talk. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, They are going to be speaking on how to build, uh, how the block editor makes it easier to build custom websites. I think, I think they'll probably cover a bunch of really good, uh, concepts there for anybody uh, you know the the no code solution uh revolution the no code revolution is happening and gutenberg and the block editor are a part of that and i suspect danielle will cover some of those things and then daisy olson's workshop build your own block based theme we just spent a good portion of this episode talking about uh what what theme developers should think about in this brave new block editor based full site editing based WordPress world. So Daisy's workshop is definitely going to be one to tune into and you could do it for free. Did I mention that? It's free. Wordsesh.com. It's free. All right. Thanks so much for listening for all of the show notes. You can head over to WPReview.io. All of the episodes will be there. This show comes out fortnightly. Uh, If you want to learn more about WordPress and how to build WordPress websites with or without code, you can check out creatorcourses.com. Over on creatorcourses.com, you'll find courses for the block editor, Gutenberg for freelancers, how to build online courses, how to build a podcast website. There's even uh, HTML and CSS and an intro to PHP. But uh, there's so there's lots of great resources out there. And of course, very soon, the Gutenberg course will get updated and a new full site editing 
course will be added as well. So creatorcourses.com. Finally, if you want to get this added to your podcast player of choice, you can subscribe over at wpreview.io slash subscribe. Thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Until next time, I'm Joe Casabona, and I will see you out there.